The Will Cain Show podcast is presented by the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited double miles on every purchase every day. What's in your wallet? The Ryan Rossillo Show podcast. Okay, here's the deal. I've been here again almost 12 years. I have been in this slot for eight and a half. I have talked to the college football playoff chair every year for every ranking for four years. Jeff Long and Kirby Hokut. I have told you, or I've tried to tell you, college football fan base and other members of the college football media that the number one goal of the committee chair is to never be locked into any criteria. So when you ask them, hey, how close are these teams? They go, oh, they're pretty close, right? They're pretty close. Because if he says, well, six, seven are good, but after seven there's a massive gap, that means follow-up, follow-up, follow-up. Hey, what do you think of this conference? Well, Rye, we don't worry about conferences. We don't separate the conferences. We look at the teams individually. You want to know why? Because they want to avoid, well, wait a minute, who's your best conference? Who's your second best conference? Who's your worst conference? Which conference does the committee think is the worst? They tell us the criteria, but they tell us the criteria, meaning conference championships, only matter when they see the teams close. We don't know what close means, and that's okay. That is all by design to avoid our annoying you-know-whats for asking all of these follow-up questions and holding the committee to some kind of standard that we think is consistent every single year. Every year is different. So if you're an Alabama fan, you got in, and you're happy about it. Obviously, I understand if you're an Ohio State fan, you're bummed out. But you know what? Alabama was the right call. Alabama, I believe, is the better team. If somebody else wants to argue with me that Ohio State is a superior team, that's an argument I'm willing to have. I don't think it's ridiculous, but I think the committee got it right. But to then suggest that this committee is full of <laughs> like evil people lying to the public, where these other outcomes that could happen that would be more truthful, like you're insane. This whole thing is crazy, okay? I am coming to you as the guy that is not biased. I went to Vermont, okay? Vermont. We don't have football. I'm from New England, okay? I've rooted for Texas because of Colt McCoy. I've rooted for Oregon because of Chip and Helfrich. And yes, I have fun at LSU. That's it. I don't have a dog. Like, I wish I were a good enough athlete to play at any of these schools. So when I see Joey Galloway, who was a burner in college, and I go, man, that must have been sick. But when I'm driving around in the car and I hear our sports center update anchor tossed a sound that says the college football rankings are coming out very shortly. And Joey Galloway says the Buckeyes are a lock. <laughs> I go, I roll, all right? Last year when we were doing, is it Penn State? Is it Washington? Is it Ohio State? Desmond Howard, man, are you kidding? The pose, it's sick. He picked Michigan, okay? <laughs> and I sat next to Danny, who was afraid to pick against Florida State because he didn't want to deal with FSU Twitter. So I'm telling you, as the guy that's talked to the committee chair every week during the rankings for four years that I understand it better than others, and I have no bias, and that I think they got it right with the fourth team in Alabama. When I listen to other people talk that have a background with a team, whether it's Joey with the Buckeyes, Dez with the Wolverines, I think there are times where Booger actually trashes LSU to try to make it sound like he's not being pro-SEC. I sat next to Danny, who I think is maybe the most biased because he's so anti-SEC, the most biased voice in college football, who is just going to call the committee liars because he didn't get what he wanted. He wanted to make fun of Bama and troll them on Twitter all night long. And then he calls them liars. Joe Klatt, who I love on the broadcast, I thought was going to start doing a Bama sucks chant with Urban Meyer as they presented them the trophy. Here's the deal. I understand the schedule. I understand the disappointment Alabama schedule. But the Iowa loss is tough to get by. And if everyone in that committee said, you know what, the Iowa loss is too much, 
I don't know how you argue with him there. Can we get research on two and one? You know what I mean? I can do strength of schedule. I can do strength of record. I can do all of that stuff with you all day long. Ohio State fans, I already know what your argument is going to be. But last year, I doubt you were rooting for the two-loss Penn State Conference champion over your own squad because that's what you're doing right now. All I'm telling you is listen to me more often because (laughs) I'm the one that's telling you the truth when everybody else has some weird anti-deal, whether it's a Fox guy that played in, Pac- and played in the Pac-12 that hates us, hates ESPN, called us co-conspirators two years ago with the entire committee, and I'm like, I'm the one not lying to you. I want this this outcome on Sunday. Will this outcome was good for the anti-conspiracy people? The conspiracy was putting Ohio State in politically to. Get a better brand in, perhaps, ratings-wise, to balance it out more geographically, to not say that Jim Delaney's in charge of this whole thing because he's a commissioner with more juice. This is the outcome you should be rooting for. What you got yesterday was bravery. That's something you should be thrilled that the committee's not going to go, you know, let's not leave out a powerful conference. They left out the team that had two losses, and they kept in the team they thought was better. It's really simple. It's not that hard. I think just an extended extended applause. Hold on. <laughs> now, nah, man, I think it was really good. And I think in the end, the passion, the analysis, the line that carries the day is, can we get research on two versus one? Because it's two losses versus one. And the most important aspect is, it's what one of those losses were. It is four letters. It's I-O-W-A. It was Iowa. Today, we're having com- uh, conversations about whether or not it's appropriate or smart or strategic to schedule Big non-conference games. Whether or not Ohio State would have been better off scheduling Mercer instead of Oklahoma. Well, Oklahoma wasn't Ohio State's problem. Iowa was. I believe that a one-loss Ohio State with that loss to Iowa still loses the debate to one-loss Alabama. I believe that would still be the case because you can't lose by 31 and give up 55 to a team like Iowa. They would still be losing the debate. Last year... Ohio State benefited from the same exact scenario, from having that strong non-conference win against Oklahoma. To your point just a minute ago, everything that worked for Ohio State last year worked against them this year. They can't have it both ways. And truthfully, I think most Ohio State fans get it. I don't think many Ohio State fans are that... Yeah, they're disappointed, but they're not looking for conspiracies. It's the media that's talking about conspiracies. It's way more the media. And I can always figure out exactly who everybody is going to... Like, I know exactly what Canell's going to say. He's mad that Mississippi State is still ranked because he thinks it helps Alabama, and he went as far as when Nick Fitzgerald breaks his leg in half in the second quarter of the Ole Miss-Mississippi State game, and Mississippi State takes the L. He tweets out, see, told you Mississippi State wasn't any good. You're like, dude, you're searching for a conclusion, and you don't care about the path there. Fine bomb roots for all of you to be miserable and take phone calls on it. Levitard votes... He roots for the dumbest outcome of all of it to laugh at everyone. And I I actually admire him for that. I almost wish I didn't take this so seriously, but there's so many good, strong voices in the media calling the committee a bunch of liars today when I'm going, how have you not figured out what their game plan is based on what they say publicly to us for four years versus what they do? They sat there behind closed doors. They looked at those two teams. They thought Bama was better than Ohio State, and it's pretty simple. It's that simple. I think they also the point that's interesting that you're making is this. They didn't take the political route. Everyone thought that's what they would do. Between Saturday night and Sunday morning, every analyst predicted it to be Ohio State over Alabama because they expected the committee to be political. And now the conspiracy is what? 
that they were not political. It's that they weren't doing what they should for the Big Ten or for Ohio State. That's a pretty uh, odd thing to say. The conspiracy is you weren't political or you just all happened to be wrong within a 24-hour period. Think about that selection show yesterday, okay? It was hosted by Reese Davis. Jesse Palmer said, I think Ohio State's better. I've watched him on film. Okay, that's an argument I'm willing to take because I know Jesse puts in the time. Galloway's like, I'm picking Ohio State. And I go, okay, I have a harder time buying that, that you're doing anything other than you went there. But if you're telling me you think they're better, then I have to accept that. Herb Street says, I think Bama's the better team, but I believe the committee will take Ohio State because, well, it's Ohio State, and they don't want to leave out two programs, and they don't want to take two from the SEC. They don't want to do any of these things. And he jumped out of his chair when it ended up being Alabama. I know the rest of the country has Bama fatigue, SEC fatigue, and in a year where the conference top to bottom is down compared to other years, I understand your frustration with it. But what the committee did yesterday, everyone around the country that's a college football fan should be thrilled that they just sat down and go, we think these are the four best. And it's really hard to argue against those four teams. So It's simple. In 10 years, you know, this sets the precedent, at least in this spot, and every year can be different, that they're not just going to go, well, you know, it's 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 this team, that team. I don't know. Bama's got the, the, you know, Bama in a lesser. You think if Bama had a second loss, they would have taken Bama? They wouldn't have. The Ryan Rosillo Show. I thought you had an interesting suggestion over over the weekend. I felt in kind of the opening theme of the show about biases, I felt mm-hmm. like it was somewhat, it, the origin was your Cowboys fandom being biased towards the Giants. But your This is what you set you off? As you sat there and you thought about all these guys you wanted to take the task, you, top of your mind was, and Will, and his Cowboys stuff. No, you were way, <laughs> you were way, from, I wasn't mad at you about it. I just went, huh. And huh. your theory was what? I don't know what you're talking about, to be honest. <laughs> Are you Ownership, talking about my... stability, the Giants. Yeah, well, I just all I have to say about that is we've, we're sold this bill of goods, I think, over time that there's the, such thing as the Giants way, that the New York Giants are different than every other organization in the NFL. Well, let me, let me amend that. Every other organization but those that exist in the Northeast, like the Pittsburgh Steelers, I don't know, maybe the Philadelphia Eagles, the, the organizations that do it the right way, whatever that is. And I was You're trying, not putting the Pats in that group? Well, here's the thing. Because they're so... Pats, the Pats are the black sheep of the Northeast, yeah. right? Every other franchise sort of hates the Pats, call them, calls them the cheaters. So I can't say that they get this grace that everyone else is, is given. So what is the Giants' way? That They haven't fired a GM since 1978. They never fired a head coach in season since 1976, all until today. That they're slow to fire people? Or... Is it they're located in the Northeast where the rest of the media is located and the vast majority of people that talk are fans of the Giants? It's a nice little piggyback to your last segment, actually. Yeah, now that, now, okay, all right. So now we're on the same page. So here's what we know McAdoo is out, Reese is out moments ago. And this morning on SportsCenter, you had Moore and Schefter essentially saying, hey, these guys are going to be fired by the end of the day here. Um, and now Eli is going to get his job back. So that's from ESPN.com. So Eli's going to start. Gino gets a start. They lose against the Raiders yesterday. So what the hell happened here? Can we Eli's going to start this weekend against the Cowboys? Yeah. How about that? So am I, is am a I, mess, right, that's, man. That's, that's, that's all point. there is. Am I to believe then that McAdoo, acting on his own, <laughs> I know. Just, just said, hey, I'm benching Eli, folks. Deal with it. Shades down, cigarette in mouth. And 
then because the Giants got crushed for a week, they were like, okay, we got to get McAdoo out of here? Like, that can't, is, was he acting alone here? Oh, is this the theory you were talking about? My conspiracy theory on this? The, the, that, ben that McAdoo is the Lee Harvey Oswald of this situation? Oh, I like this. Yeah, he was there. He had a gun. He might have fired a shot, but he wasn't alone. And we know that the Giants believe that as well because Jerry Reese is out just like Ben McAdoo. But I still think they're both fall guys. In the end, we know John Mara signed off on on benching Eli Manning. I mean, at the very least signed off on it. Might have come from his suggestion. Now we're hearing from Mara that he doesn't like how McAdoo executed the benching. I don't know. I don't know how you executed that benching in a better way. Like, what was the idea that you could have done, Ben McAdoo, that you didn't do? McAdoo goes to Eli and says, you you know, we'd love for you to start against the Raiders, but we're going to bring Geno in the second half. And that's the ultimate mishandling of the situation. I don't see how that's better or worse than just saying you're benched, Eli. The point is this. The fault goes all the way to the top with John Mara. It's not just these two. Can I can I do a guess here then maybe? And this could be wrong. Will Kane, Rosillo Show at ESPN Radio. So is there any chance that they all agreed on it? Okay, there's no way McAdoo just goes, hey, Jerry, to Jerry Reese, the GM, who, again, fired today as well. I, I want to bench Eli. Well, I don't, but go ahead. You're, you're McAdoo. You can do whatever you want. And then ownership goes, what's he doing? He's benching Eli? 10 straight games? One of the most important people in the history of the franchise? We're benching him for, for Geno Smith? Well, we don't want to do it. But go ahead. You're the head coach. Like That's hard for me to believe. Is it possible that McAdoo goes, I like to bench him. Reese is like, yeah, we can bench him. He hasn't been playing well. Ownership goes, okay, this is why you guys are coach and GM. You insulate us, ownership, from this. We can say we don't like the way it's handled. And that they got so much negative press over the course of a week that ownership goes, you know what, these guys, we were moving on from Reese. Our record stinks. And now we'll just fire these guys and put Eli back. Like, Is this more about the PR reaction and the PR correction than any football decision? Yes, which means it's not just on Ben McAdoo or Jerry Reese. There's a very good argument and, and perhaps a probability that Ben McAdoo wasn't going to survive with or without the Eli benching, that he had lost his Agreed. team to such a degree. He had lost, I don't know, half of his defensive backfield. He went from 11-5 to 2-10 and 10 by essentially losing his team over the season, and he couldn't survive that. You could also argue that Jerry Reese was done because – he gave McAdoo these pieces. He had the weak offensive line. He invested in skill positions and not protecting his quarterback. I should amend that. He tried to find pieces to protect Eli. He just failed over and over through the draft and free agency. He just failed over and over. I think he drafted him good weapons. But the timing of this is all post-Eli. And that doesn't end, and I think you just laid it out why, that doesn't end with McAdoo or Reese. There's no way ownership let that go down the way you just mockingly laid it out. No way. This is really a weird story. This is different than just bad record, bench a QB, fire the coach, fire the GM. It's all started when he changed his hairdo, if you think about it. What was he doing? That hurt him in the long run. Hey, you were joking around a little bit, but his how much does Ben McAdoo's appearance have to do with the fact he's given zero leeway. No slack has been cut for Ben McAdoo. It's just so weird. Whenever you have a buddy who in his 30s totally changes his look. Like I get it in college. High school, it's almost just normal because you're just trying to figure out who you are. Maybe in your 20s, you move somewhere else. But McAdoo's got to be, what, north of 40 now? 
He is 40. Right. So how many buddies do you have at 40? You go, whoa. Midlife we do, crisis. We so? doing the Pat Riley sunglasses indoors deal? Like you were rocking, you were rocking the Al Bundy. And you were 11 and 5. Yeah. And now. You're head of security and you're 2 and 10. Yeah. What are you doing? Are you Miami Vice extra? And the other way to look at it is poor dude can't win. Goes 11 and 5 and gets mocked relentlessly for his. Big suit. Dumb and dumber haircut. Yeah. And that. Switches it up to kind of look a little more authoritative. Yeah. Loses the team. The Ryan Rossillo Show. Rossillo. In life, there are talkers and there are doers. Sometimes it's not hard to tell the difference. Mike Bloomberg has spent his life getting big things done. Starting his business out of a one-room office, Mike built a company with 20,000 employees, all with good pay and quality health care. Elected mayor in the aftermath of 9-11, Mike got to work helping rebuild a shaken city, creating nearly 500,000 new jobs and expanding health care for nearly 700,000 New Yorkers. Now, there's a clear choice. Do you want a debater or a doer? Someone who can fix health care, who's done it. A guy who's unafraid of tough challenges, who has a track record creating jobs, who's taken on the NRA and won. That's Mike Bloomberg, a proven leader who can unite our country and get big things done. That's who can beat Trump. That's who we need in the White House. I'm Mike Bloomberg, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Mike Bloomberg 2020. And now another edition of Obvious News from Geico. Experts now say that wearing more clothes in the winter will, in fact, help you be warmer. We asked cold victim Trent Patterson about this, and here's what he said. Yeah, it was the weirdest thing. I I was a little cold, put on a sweater, then wasn't cold. I was like, what? Also in Obvious News, Geico makes it easy to save money and easy to reach them with licensed agents available around the clock. So switching is a really smart decision. That's Obvious News from Geico. The Ryan Rossillo Show. Ben McAdoo out as the front office and coach of the New York Giants. Eli is going to start. We're going to have Michael Kay from our New York City ESPN affiliate uh, joining us next hour. So that's cool. we got Will Kane, Ryan Clark now on the Rossillo Show giving you straight talk. Brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Best phones, best networks, no contracts. Will and I just try to do kind of like an on-air, what the hell is going on with the Giants? What's your best guess to how this all thing this went down? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, Ben McAdoo has been trending this way since he took the job. Even though this team went to the playoffs last year, dude's been throwing players under the bus since they put a microphone in his face. He's lost total organizational control. And so you saw this coming. For me, the weird part is it's after a week where you bench Eli Manning and now he starts again. It just continues with the dysfunction of this organization, because I'm not going to believe that that was just Ben McAdoo's decision. When you make a decision like that with the Eli Manning, that comes from the top. So Jerry Reese was involved, who's fired now. I believe the owners of the team were involved as well. And so now, instead of moving forward and saying, you know what, Eli's been benched. The dirty work is done. Now we can fire Ben McAdoo and Jerry Reese as the patsies that they are, the scapegoats of doing that to Eli, and move forward with our organization finding out who we're going to have in Davis Webb. Can he be our quarterback of the future? Where do we need to go from here? And now you go right back to Eli? So this to me seems like I got three out of four games at home. I want some fans to come to the game. I want to garner some goodwill in some type of way. I want to show that we are being proactive and changing what's going on. 
not to win football games or not to get our organization back to the stability it's had for the last 40 years, but just to put on a good media front because the guy that stood in front of the camera for the last year and a half for us is absolutely awful. He's not credible. He's not trustworthy. He has no positive characteristics of a head coach. Not one. He had a good haircut for it this year. No. Only you guys if you're Pat Riley. At that. Only you? works if you're no, I wouldn't laugh. Only works if you're Riley. Yeah. <laughs> Only works if you're Pat Riley. You know what was sold out in this entire process? Was their rationale. All the reasons they gave us in the past week for benching Eli Manning, I guess, were lies or Absolutely. things that John Mara didn't really sign up for. We're not evaluating Davis Webb now? We're not evaluating Geno Smith? Obviously, you're not, what evalu- are we doing? You're not evaluating Davis Webb because Geno Smith starts. And and we know who that guy is. No offense to Geno Smith. I know he was mad at Rex Ryan for some comments that he made, but Rex Ryan knows him. Rex Ryan has watched him work. He doesn't feel like he's a starting quarterback in his league. Well, Geno doesn't ever seem sensitive, so I'm surprised. Yeah, I know. Which many people thought also because he was a backup until last week. And so when... You come out and say the things that you said about the reasons you were moving on from Eli, and then now you fire the GM, you fire the head coach, and you bring Eli back. It shows that you had no plan. And the one thing that we have at least thought about from the outside, perception-wise, of the New York Giants is that they had a plan, that they understood how to run an organization. And right now, they do not. Let me ask you this from the player perspective, the Eli side of this equation. I know at the age of 42, like, one of the things I deal poorly with is regression. Mm-hmm. I don't mind if you make mistakes. I don't mind if things go poorly, but I have a hard time like turning around on the road after we've made a wrong turn. I don't want to go backwards and circle back around. I want to fight through the wrong decision until we get back on track. <laughs> regression is really hard for me. Like, they broke up with Eli. He didn't just break yeah. up by benching him. They said, we're moving on to a post-Eli future, mm-hmm. right? We're going to be drafting and or evaluating these young quarterbacks we have right now. How, as Eli, do you now take them back? Like, Emotionally, you know he's a pro and he'll do it. But emotionally, how does he go? Okay, I'm going to saddle back up as the starter here again. I think if you, <clears throat> excuse me, if you've watched Eli, he he handles his emotions really well. Uh, he was kind of broken up in the the interview after the benching, uh, but he does a, a very good job of saying the right things and basically doing the right things. He's gained more respect for me in the way that he handled this situation than watching him play football since '04. But I think if you're Eli Manning, you just want to go back out and play football. Hmm. Eli Manning says he is going to play next year. He doesn't know where it's going to be, but he is going to play. So if it is your if it is your plan, if it is your goal to be on a team next year, you go back out and play. You don't play for the New York Giants. And I think, too, that's the misconception of football players, right? Like, I loved playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I loved Mr. Rooney. I believe he's uh, one of the greatest owners in the history of football. But I never necessarily played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, I played for Troy Palomalu. I played for Brett Kiesel. I played for Ike Taylor and those guys. But it wasn't necessarily the the emblem on the helmet or the, the names on the stadium. And I think Eli is going to go out in the same way that he showed up for 210 games previous to this. He'll show up for this game because it's more than just about the name on your jersey. Ryan Clark in studio, the Rosillo Show, Will Kane, ESPN Radio. What did you think of the Gronk hit on Tredavious White? Oh, total Bush League. I thought it was I thought it was I thought it was awful. It was cheap. Did you talk it was, to Trey? It, it was dirty. I have. Right, because I have. He said guy. Yeah, he said he said the whole hood want him. You know what I mean? The whole hood want Grunt, for sure. I mean that's the exact text. The whole hood want him. E M. 
What exactly um, could you translate that? That they won't put them hands on him. They're going to play nah, again, nah, And right? this, this is the thing. This is, so this is the thing. I text him. I thought they should have jumped him. Like that was my initial thought, that his teammates should have came to his defense. And obviously you can't just throw hands. Well, they do throw hands now in the league. And you can't just do that. But in some way, his teammates should have let Gronkowski know how dirty and how out of bounds that play that play was. So I was kind of disappointed in that. Um, but that's outside the realm of football. As much as Crabtree and Tlaib and chain pulling is outside the realm of football, that plays as well. When, when you hit the stutter step joint, right? So as he's, when you, when you yeah. gather your feet, like you about to dunk from the free throw line and form a dude WWE style to the head, you're dead wrong. And, the thing that bothered me the most about it, you know where we watch the games here on Sunday, you know, in the cafeteria, and people are laughing, right? And the same thing that allows Gronk, though never illegal behavior, never any, not saying these things, the same thing that allows him the the, the big, jolly, frat guy uh, persona that he portrays that allows him to do some of the things he does in the offseason that are non-patriot-like that we laugh at is the same thing that now – people are going to use to not vilify him or to not uh, judge him in the way that he should be judged for such a terrible decision that put somebody else's career and livelihood in jeopardy. The only thing I disagree with that is I think he is getting killed. And even by his head coach. I mean, Belichick at the end of the game calls it BS. Yeah, he called it BS. I don't have a problem with the off the field stuff as long as he's not putting no, the team in jeopardy. I have absolutely no problem. He with has it. to be suspended. I mean, right. there's no. And I, I bring up the off season stuff, and because I've had conversations about other people whose whose off the field antics are much less than his, who are vilified in different ways. Who? Pick any of them. Pick Cam. Right for Cam for talking and and saying certain things is treated in a way that Gronk would never be treated. Well, I think the Cam one, though, is still based around how he handles himself like through the course of the game. Right. No, listen. So, I, and obviously, I think the quarterback thing comes down to it. Uh, I, you know, Cam, I thought, got destroyed because of the way he carried himself after losing the football no. game in a Super Bowl. In, in, in that situation. I'm just trying to think of the other no, off no, the field that stuff that I wouldn't in, know. In that, in that situation, yes, I'm talking about the Odell off stuff the field, going down on a boat. Like off the field behavior. I didn't have a problem with the boat, yeah. Well, yeah, I didn't have a problem with the boat either. And if Gronkowski was on the boat, none of us would have had a problem with it. I try to stay consistent with that, though. Like, I, if, if Gronk's going to do wrestling moves on stage at Vegas and they win and he's still one of the best tight ends we've ever seen. No, I'm, and I have, Odell, I have no issue with any of them. Right. With, with any you of those things, with any, with any of, with, with any of those things that don't affect football, that don't involve people doing illegal things, I have no issue with what you do off the field as long as you work hard. And that was always my thing with Gronk as well. I was like, look, he still plays ball. Yeah, but you're right. This is different. But, this but, but it's, it's, it's read differently because of the way he carries himself, especially even in a patriot manner. And you kind of put me on the spot in thinking about other things I've defended. I can be honest. I don't necessarily remember when bring it up, so that's my fault. Uh, for bringing it up and not really having a solid answer, but I'd heard of Vontez. Like I heard a Vontez Burfitt comparison earlier today from somebody else. I go, do you really think that Gronk's history on the field of acts like this are even close to what Vontez Burfitt has been? I would suggest no. no, but I still think Gronk should be suspended because this is vicious. 
Right, no, no, and I, and I, and I totally agree with that. You, he has, he doesn't have a history of this. He actually said it. He's a guy who plays in between the whistle, which is why it's so frustrating for me to see this situation because I know he just clicked out. Yeah, he clicked he out, just, and, and he right. clicked out, and once he clicked out, he couldn't control himself from doing what he's doing. And I think that is the issue. I think it should be seen as the same as throwing punches, the same as pulling chains and doing different things like that. Agreed. The Ryan Rosillo Show. Rosillo. I'm telling you, man, I've got even even as I look at Twitter, which I try not to during the show, there's Ohio State fans saying to us, Yeah, we're not delusional. We didn't wake up thinking we should have been ours. No, and the way that game played out, Will Kane, the Rosillo Show on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance last year, over three million drivers switched to Progressive. Call or click today and find out how you could save. Saturday night needed to go a different way if you had a better chance at that table, you know, and it needed to be a little bit like two years ago where Wisconsin just got blasted by Cardell Jones. And when I watched Wisconsin and Ohio State, I went, eh. you know, honestly, Wisconsin's gifted left to be nice 10 points early. You could argue more later. Hornybrook had, what, one, maybe two good drives the entire night, and then JT still struggles at times. So I, that was not that was not the game to do the recency bias of 40 to nothing against what was perceived to be a top five team in Wisconsin, which, you know, there's a reason why I think the committee hesitated on them, and it looks like they kind of should have. I'll tell you what, we're going to come back to this in the next hour. I have some hypotheticals I want to ask you, that if we change a game here or a game there, do you really think it would have played out a different Perfect. way? Okay, all right. But I want to hear more about your big city will, big lights, bright city, right? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Big city, bright lights, I don't know, whatever. Because you were, you the way you're telling this story, I thought you were in Atlanta. <laughs> this is what I love about New York City. From my weekend? Yeah. I get a text from a couple buddies on Saturday. Actually, it was just one buddy. And he's like, hey, meet me up. It's Midtown, Bar Midtown, Georgia Auburn. It's going to be a great game. Let's do this. And I'm like, be there in a few. What's the wife say? Screen lights all the way. Love it. Because <laughs> um, it happens so rarely at the age of 42 where you say, you know yeah. what? I'm going to rip the top off. But here's the truth. <laughs> I didn't think I was going to be ripping the top off. I thought I was just going. A couple casual good beers. A couple beers. Watch the SEC championship side game. Of, be home in time. Be back on the couch for the for the Big Ten. <laughs> Flip it back and forth with the ACC. I'll be home right in time for that. It didn't go down that way, man. <laughs> <laughs> so did you come back at nine and you're cranking Aerosmith? I show up. <laughs> I walk into the house. Kids are asleep. I turn the stereo on. <laughs> little love in the elevator. You're dancing around. Baby, where are you? <laughs> I was going to order some wings. Are you hungry? I know. I stink. That ain't been some vomit. <laughs> no, that'll come out. <laughs> no, so, um, all right, show up. I Probably told not him, Aerosmith. I, I told right. him ahead of time because I wear my allegiances on my sleeve. I said, look, I'm going to be rooting for Auburn. Because I'm showing up to a dude, uh, it's like six or seven guys, and they're all going to be rooting for Georgia. Which they already warned me, don't come then. <laughs> like, I'm coming. And they all had Georgia gear on. All had Georgia gear on. Long and short of it, the game goes well for them. Auburn controlled the first, not just the first series, the first series or two, both defensively and offensively. No fumble on that, that drive. It looked like they're going up maybe 14. That was a huge fumble early. Hey, first half of first quarter, you're thinking, this is Auburn again, right? Yeah. And then just turns on a dime. And when it does, the beers start flowing. And not long after that comes out the fireball. And these guys from the South, too? Uh, no. Some of them were from the South, half from the South, and a couple other guys were from New Jersey. Just happened to be Georgia fans because they adopted it through their family here. So it was pretty odd to see these guys with these Northeast Jersey accents and Georgia gear breaking down the two deep on, on Georgia's defensive line. 
I can't so, even do one Jersey accent, but let me tell you about this five-star recruit they got coming up. I'm like, anyway. Yeah. Fireball starts flying. How man. many fireballs? Honestly, that stuff's the devil's juice. I'd say by the end of it, there was probably seven or eight. Because the the knock on it always is, and, and at some point you have to go, this is not worth it. Um, people, kids will be like, well, hey, you know there's antifreeze in that. Antifreeze. Yeah, which I think may be a thing that's just an urban legend. Like, we could go like over. fiberglass in Copenhagen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that? Everybody told you that? Hey, all the time. It'd be like, oh, you know, my buddy dips Copey. No, you know, yeah, it's, it's, fiberglass. fiberglass and I don't even know if that's true or not, but everybody believed it for well, a certain time. So rip your lip up so you could absorb it more. So what happened to you then? Well, what do you mean what happened to me? It was a great, it was, a, it was, it was rough. The Big Ten Championship game's a little bit of a blur. I, I did my best. What about the pull-up bar? All right, so this bar had a pull-up bar, and they had a competition in the, in the bar. Here's the competition. We're going to have to come back to this, Ryan, because I want to see if you can do this. Hang for two minutes. That's it. Hang for two minutes. And let me tell you, I knew before I started that's an eternity. Did you and, try? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What, what do you win we if all you did. get it? Huh? What do you win if you like get a, it? A t-shirt. <laughs> so hang you, after seven or eight fireballs, tried to hang for two minutes from a pull-up bar. Correct. The Ryan Rosillo Show. Rosillo. Now that Human Resources VP Ashley Campbell has Kronos for HR, payroll, talent, and time, she's managing her workforce like a rock star. She even has her own hype song. I'm the spark before the fire. I'm the power in the train. I have a really diverse workforce with different hours, skill sets, and pay grades. Don't stop. Don't stop. I'm the dream. You should know that. Now we're motivating and engaging the right people. Every step of the way. Kronos, HR solutions for the modern workforce and the people who support them. Learn more at Kronos.com slash HR Swagger. The Ryan Rosillo Show. Rosillo. I'm going to be off tomorrow, but headed down to... uh... Uh, Will's neck of the woods. Say hi to my kids. I know. That'd be weird. Your old stomp, Tim. New York, You huh? still have the uh, compound in Greenwich? Oh, in Greenwich. You're going to Greenwich, huh? Did you guys yeah. hang on What's to going it? going on down there? We're a fet. Seasonal fet. For you? No. No. I just like that word. I think it sounds fancy. F-E-T-E. You yeah. know what? Will actually, like, he's Will a- should move to Greenwich. Like, he's living in New York City right now and stuff, but he's more of a Greenwich guy. You know, the thing you about it is, me? honestly, people don't know me. You don't know what I'm like in New York City. No. I'm not that Greenwich. No, yeah, but I'm I not, would. Dude, I'm just looking at you right now. Like, like with that <laughs> Today, type of does, hair yeah. product and just like your, yeah, you're, you'd fit right in. You're I'm more Harlem than you realize. Not re- You're like the renovation. <laughs> you should say part. that on first take next time. <laughs> True. I'll give you $100 if next debate with Stephen A, when it comes down to race, you go, hey, Stephen A, I'm more Harlem than you are. Say that to him. Listen, I was in Harlem last week, hanging out. Right, and for and those who don't understand, understand, by the way, by the way, comes, he goes, Harlem isn't. Listen, being at Columbia doesn't count. Okay, <laughs> I wasn't. All listen, right. this guy who's a friend of mine coming, he goes, "Can you be around here?" White like, friend, what black are you friend. Does it matter? I don't see color, Ryan. And he said to me, um, "Can you hang around here?" I'm like, "Why?" He goes, "You know, Cameron's around here." Did you hear Cameron came at me? Yeah, Cameron crushed you. Yeah, Harlem guy. I said, "You tell Cameron, I may not go 
one thirty fifth and down. Down. Why don't you right. tell yeah. him? Why don't you tell him like, hey, I shop at this fairway supermarket too? Huh? That's what you told him. <laughs> Quit it, Tim. It wasn't that a fairway. Yeah, because Whole there Foods, is, man. <laughs> what's the cutoff? Is, is it one thirty fifth? Is it what's the cutoff where you go? Like I'm in Harlem, but I'm still not in Harlem. No, it's like one. It's I mean one ten, one sixteen maybe. But I, I mean my life goes to one thirty five. Good Fact. for you. Yeah. Fact. Just facts, bro. Spitting facts. There's a charter school up there that he... It's, that's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> There's soccer. There's a game there. Once. What the hell were we talking about before? All right, let's just do it. Pull-ups. How many do you think you could do right now? It depends what kind of pull-ups they are. Uh, standard. Standard like, like, shoulder like, width like, apart. Like, like this is like a, like a, like a CrossFit? No, like not kipping, the crazy. Kipping, kipping you know I mean? sw- swinging, you know? restrict. Cheating. How's that cheating? I mean? Well, the ones, the pull-ups where you... you Hurl your entire body. What's the point? It's the same distance, the same mass, moving the same amount of time. Yeah, it's your yeah. body moving that stuff. I mean, oh, right? my you bad. Know? <laughs> CrossFit rules. You know? I don't know. So, what's your number? Um, would you set it at fifteen? I set the over under fifteen. Yes, I can easily do twice as many as that. Get out of town! We're gonna have a competition. Oh! That. Hey, as long as you that as just a, shook up the conversation. Listen, as long as you, as long as it, as like as long as you're allowed to kip, like a CrossFit pull up, as long as you're allowed to kip, for sure. Right now, you and I walk outside. You can squeeze out thirty. Yeah, I mean, I take my jacket off, but yeah, thirty right now. Mm-hmm. Well, wow. we got to finish the show first. No, I don't. Although want you to. know what, I'll do a solo okay. segment. All right, so hold we just re-air back. my opening rant. We're, put a pin in this competition. A little bit earlier, Tim, I say to Ryan. Had a little bit of a big weekend. Georgia Auburn got a little out of hand for me. Okay, okay. so yeah. proud of you. Seven or eight fireballs. Okay, because hey. who does too? <laughs> Not so, you. It tastes so good when it hits your lips. <laughs> Another shot of Big Red. Yes, I will. Um, Breath feels great at this. It's like yeah. Um, they at this bar in New York Midtown. They had they had a pull up bar, and they have a standing competition going okay. at this bar. Free T shirt. Name in the record books, all that. If you can conquer conquer this competition, right. can you hang for two minutes? That's Ooh. it. I don't hang think I could hang for, for two, two minutes. minutes. I don't think I could hang. That's for a two long minutes. time. It's yeah. an eternity. That's an eternity. Listen, one minute's hard. How close did you get? All right, because here's what we're going to tell our listeners: You're doing this in the next two days, Ryan Rosillo. I'm going right? to try. Yeah, I'm going to see what happens. I mean, there's been no prep to it, and the reason why I'm bringing up the whole pull up thing is that Will went on this thing. I would say maybe a month or two ago, where you were kind of like. We'd be in a commercial break, and you would just say, I want to know if there's some sort of fitness thing I could beat you at. And I go, well, you could beat me in running. You beat me in distance running, like all that stuff. I'm not not. I got you pull-ups. I said that. But that was your whole deal. It was a, it was a strength thing guy. is that well, you – because you weigh 140 pounds. <laughs> you see yourself as a pull-up guy, and you thought there was no – and I can actually do a decent number of them. But, yeah, I'll probably lose the pull-up thing to you. I don't, I don't think I can get 30 see, if you walk out right now. I think the hanging thing is um, – it's all like you know hand strength proportion to – you body know, weight. weight. That's exactly for right. Like, it, like you say, two minutes. I guarantee you, like my ten-year-old son, like he could hang for two minutes. So here's okay? the game. Ten-year-old son, like he's hanging for two minutes. Why's your kid so? Me, <laughs> like I, I couldn't even get close to a minute. All right, so I've got a sample size of about four or five dudes, all pretty well into the fireball at this point. But I saw every technique tried. I saw right. under double unders. I saw the bicep guy grip. I saw standard military. I saw the guys go with Canadian, one in, one out. Every single is that because of immigration? I don't I'm understand not sure. Why it's gonna be. That's what it was yeah. called, and no one got the two minutes. Now the issue is the false. No grip. one. You got to wrap your thumb. It's like you, when you're power cleaning. 
So when you're power cleaning, you got to wrap your thumb. It's almost like creating leverage, right? Like it's like a hook grip. You yes. Know? Wow. I wish I would have. This is why you get 30 pull-ups. Here's what I got. Okay. And I was told before I did it, let me be clear with you. Do not try to regrip. One buddy had tried this before at this bar. Never regrip. I heard all that. At a minute 30, I told myself I can regrip. And I have to. Because you, you feel the to skin. A minute thirty. Minute thirty. Because you weigh one hundred and forty. You feel the skin going. You feel yourself getting down to the fingers. Fireball starts tingling. And you're like, and I told myself I can actually pull up, give myself time to regrab it. And the minute you take the slightest tension off that bar, I went to the ground like a sack of potatoes. Just boom, and everyone fell the same way trying to regrip. So in the next two days, Ryan, do not regrip. I still got to get back to the thirty pull-ups, though, Saruti. So because there, there has to be a difference between just straight, normal pull-ups and these CrossFit like that, things. I mean, what do you guys got going on this afternoon? <laughs> I have to drive to Greenwich. Uh, we got Give a me well, a month. We got a wellness center. We got a wellness center about 150 yards away. Uh, am I? I'm not trying to challenge you. I'm just saying. There's I a massive there's... difference to being like be able to do a kipping pull-up versus like just dead hang. You know, and pulling up for sure. But you're all the There's way down difference. now, Hasselbeck. All right, so right? let's, yeah, why don't Full we do extension. this? Yeah. You guys head over to the gym. I'll do the next segment solo. You want to take a phone for social? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dan Z's on it. Yeah, at Rosillo Show, you can find this out. It, this isn't doubting Tim. I'm just trying to figure out. I think that there is an advantage of doing the, what is it called? The Kipling? Kipping. The Kipling. Doctor Doctor Kipling listen, method. If you can butterfly, it's probably even better. But I don't Whoa. have a very, have a very right. good butterfly. All right, we're doing this. We're getting a dress shirt sweaty. The Ryan Rosillo Show. Tim Hasselbeck back in <laughs> after sitting out. So we get to the pull up contest. These guys just had it. Will Kane, the Rosillo Show, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Pick from a range of coverage options with the Name Your Price tool to find out a price that works for you. Breaking news: Rob Gronkowski suspended one game. By the NFL for his late hit on Chadavius White. Uh, that was that play where Gronk was definitely PI, but like you can't do what Gronk did, so not a surprise there for Gronk to be suspended. Not surprised at all. In fact, I thought that's what they should do. I mean, there's basically been three hits this year that are awful. Um, Mike Evans, um, you know, the hit uh, when he was coming to Jameis's defense, he mm-hmm. ultimately then got into a fight and was suspended. Mm-hmm. A Mike Mitchell hit on Alex Smith. I don't know if you guys remember that one. He kind of that was in kind of during a play, but I think he was intentionally low on. That's um, when he went back at the back of Smith's legs. Yeah, like yeah after it was the just play. It, was, it was dirty. Yeah. And then this one with Gronk. And here's the deal: the hit Gronk, you know, put on Tre'Davious White. Like that's actually the hit during a play that they're trying to get rid of. <laughs> I know, you know, right? and then it happens after the play. Um, it wouldn't surprise me to see him appeal it. Uh, because, you know, the way he was apologizing afterwards and all that stuff and see it get reduced to just a fine. But I'm not surprised. I actually think it's the right decision. Everything about this thing is ugly. Ryan Clark was in earlier talking about the stutter step wind up, the off arm swinging motion down into the elbow WWE drop, which, by the way, he has that brace on, which makes it even look worse. Like he's just dropping onto the back of Tredavious White's Mm -hmm. head. The theme, Tim, in what you just said, by the way, and what you see as the worst hits I noticed is all of them coming from behind. Right? Even the Alex Smith hit, which yeah, is the yeah, one I don't remember, behind. Ryan, you're talking mm-hmm. about. It's coming from behind, but low. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, a, it's that. Listen, the back they're of behind and they're, in, and they're late, and somebody can seriously get injured. Like in Alex Smith's case, it could easily, you know, been a, a knee injury. 
And I do think this. I think the NFL does a poor job of oftentimes they will have a punishment that is on like the net result. Like the um, Danny Trevathan hit on Devontae Adams. Like I think if Devontae Adams hops back up, there it's not he's not suspended. But because it was so ugly and Adams is laying down on the ground, and he's not motionless, then he gets to have to be carted off the field. Like the net result was, you know, a severe head injury for Devontae Adams, and so I think it impacted the punishment for Danny Trevathan. Well, I think because um Tredavious White was concussed, I think it changes the punishment for Gronk. I'm not and I don't think it should, but it does. All right, do we have the sound? Because Ryan Clark was on with us earlier here, and it looks like we're getting this edited out right now because Ryan Clark, LSU guy, Tredavious White, LSU guy, and the Pats are going to get the Bills at home later mm-hmm. on. So this is the kind of hit you would think that the Bills, because that game was getting a little chippy anyway. Um, I thought the Dolphins game was getting a little chippy. It's almost this entire frustration by the AFC East about the New England Patriots. But would you be worried about Gronk in a rematch here because of what happened in this play? 100%. No How's doubt. that go down? Here's the deal with Gronk. The biggest issue for Gronk is and you're not going to go upon him is you're going at his legs, which is what people are doing anyway. But listen, one guy stands you up and another guy comes and gets you low. I mean, it's not it's not hard to figure out you know, how you get retribution. Would that be something they talk about? Like if about? I were New England? Yeah. And because when do they play again? I think it might be the second to last game. I, I know where you're going with this one. Like if I were New England, I, I mean, sit him out. I mean, I think about it. Yeah, it's week 16. I mean, listen, they could still be playing for home field advantage and stuff, but um, and look, everyone's going to say the right thing and and that type of stuff. But like, I mean, listen to Micah Hyde talk about it afterwards. Like Micah Hyde was was ticked afterwards because you know a guy that is plays in the secondary with him just got knocked out of a game by a cheap shot. I don't know what sound you're pulling, Ryan, from Ryan Clark. You yeah, I think we have it. All right, so you can hit this. This is what Ryan Clark was explaining to us that he had heard from Tre'Davious White in a text message after that play. What did you think of the Gronk hit on Tre'Davious White? Oh, total bush league. I thought it was. I thought it was. I thought it was awful. It was cheap. Did you talk was, to Trey? It was dirty. I have. Right. Cause I have. He said, guy. yeah, he said, he said the whole hood want him. You know what I mean? The whole hood want Gronk for sure. I mean, that's the exact text. The whole hood want him. EM. What exactly um, could you translate that? Uh, that they won't put them hands on him. There you go. Also, what Ryan said, Tim, is he surprised and disappointed that Tredavious White's teammates didn't have his back. Yeah, I in don't the know moment. where they were. Don't know where they were. Well, there were two of them standing right there next yeah. to him on both sides of Javis White as Gronk drops on him. So you have the same mindset, Ryan Clark. You should have had him right there. Well, I just think, listen, even if it's Gronkowski. just like you get separated or whatever, like, right. yeah, I mean, look, Mike Evans got a suspension because Jameis Winston started a fight on the sideline. Right. You know, um, there was somebody talking about the other day. There was a coach that, you know, you like to see your guys, you know, you know, have each other's backs. I forget which game that was. Um, I forget what game that was. I think was that the Crabtree situation when some of those guys came over the Crabtree and keep to leap situation where some of the guys came over and got involved. I mean, listen, I'm not advocating for people just to fight in, uh, on the on the field, but truthfully, if like one of your players gets cheap shot, I mean, like you're you're expecting people to come to your defense. Mm-hmm. More importantly, music, please. 
we got Tim Hasselbeck, Will Kane. We're still a show. Dry mouth, actually. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I uh, you guys get a couple of waters going, a few, uh, few aquas. So we, we threw it out there. We started talking about pull-ups. Well, how did it go down? You guys just did um, it. Well, it went down where um, you thought I could do 15. Okay. <laughs> I said 15 is a good number. And I, straight said, up. I said I thought I could do twice as many as that. You said 30. Um, yep. And um, Will you know, was kind of sandbagging a little bit. He was like, you know, I might be able to do like 20. Is what well, he's I like. Done him in a while. He's like, so why don't I go first? You know, so Will went first, and I have to say, you like, deferred. listen for, you know, for a guy that's you know about to move to Greenwich, <laughs> you know, who only weighs about one hundred and thirty-seven pounds, he ripped off a ton of pull-ups. I like that thirty-four to be exact. See, I thought your pull-ups will were a little bit more like pull-ups and then you started kind of getting into this motion this crossfit deal all right so, I so think you're one you, of these you're one of these guys in the comment thread here yeah i'm i'm <laughs> i'm an at you dude right now there's guys all over the place so i'm still counting and you guys are both at zero. <laughs> oh, see now that seems mean so you had a more defined tipping well method. we we set so the you're parameters saying mine strict. beforehand like like we talked beforehand you said i was like like can you kip like a crossfit pull-up can yeah. you kip and you said yeah like, I did. I said, yeah. yeah how, I, however, you can do it. So you have it down. He well, has that keeping motion. He's down. Perfect. So if you You're were going a little to, looser. <laughs> which, by the way, this actually more, makes his thirty-four more impressive than <laughs> than my thirty-five. That's what, the, but that's your very in the lead. I do thirty-four. Here, the guy steps up in a suit. Basically, he's taking his jacket and tie off. I'm not sure my shirt came untucked. By the way, didn't so. come it untucked. Didn't. Despite all that kipping, see t-shirts, <laughs> chalk on the dress slacks. By the way, he walks in. He's like, "Do you guys have chalk? <laughs> you have chalk on your I, I have, oh my god, I, this is amazing! Oh, of course I put chalk on. There's no way I was gonna be able to hang that long without chalk." He jumps up. And by the way, I didn't realize it, but he he's like, "Hey, look at you!" Right before I go, he's like, "Hey, look at your pants!" And I have a big white handprint from the chalk on my quad. No problem. He jumps Great up quad. there. The only suit, his, the only suit I practice for tomorrow for pack for tomorrow. Starts his kipping. You know, you never know during the first twenty. Are you gonna? You gonna lose motion? He said he got nervous on me when I got to north of twenty. He's like, "Oh, he's not." Hey, listen, down. he was still rolling at twenty. I was like, "Shoot, this this is gonna be embarrassing. I'm gonna lose to the guy that is always arguing on first take." <laughs> well, I knew I was in trouble, man, when he got close. Because he wasn't gonna. That's the because he's a pro athlete. Yeah, he's not he's gonna lose to champion. me. He's not gonna lose to me. But I'm not gonna lie. There was a point where I was like, I could, I could, I could drop right now. But um, this guy lives on the Upper West Side. You know what I mean? <laughs> Thirty-five for Hasselbeck, and he had a few more enemies. Said thirty-five no, for Hasselbeck, thirty-four for Will. Four more consistent for Tim, but but four more impressive by Will on the dead hang pull-ups. I couldn't do as many pull-ups as he did dead hang. Yeah, because you did like this hybrid thing. Yeah. You had it all covered. You came up with an exercise today. <laughs> That's my style, man. I go dead hang as long as I can. I do a leg kick like this. I don't know how to do the circular. I, I will swing say this though. Has. I will say that th- this definitely happened because of our conversation beforehand, like. There's no way I was going to do more than 30 if I went first. So oh, fact, I should let you go first. The fact that I had a target completely changed the game. <laughs> you're both winners as far as I'm concerned. So you're still next. Well, by the way, the big, the big thing is, the thing is um, we were over the gym and they were like, um, hey, Rosillo does a lot of pull-ups, but he never has a shirt on <laughs> when, <laughs> when he does them. <laughs> I know. I don't understand. You're welcome. What's the point? They didn't know people knew how to do pull-ups with shirts on. <laughs> 
for listening to the Ryan Rossillo Show podcast. You can check out the show live weekdays at 1 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on ESPN News. The Ryan Rossillo Show podcast.